0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 202 of the Comic Book Informer coming to you on February 10th. Roger... The other day, I had a great idea while I was in the shower getting ready for work for a series of episodes we could do for you know, the podcast. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it was.
0: You know what, though? It brings me great joy that you think of me while you're in the podcast in the shower. It, 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 it just warms my heart. I, I don't think you... In places might... that are completely inappropriate. <laughs> that's not... No. That's, that's what you said. At this point, have you lathered up is what I want to know, or was this pre-lather that I came into your mind?
1: Yeah, at no point were (laughs) you part of
0: the thought process. (laughs) I have a lot more questions, but (laughs) they involve detachable shower heads and all kinds of
1: other things, but I should probably just let it go. (laughs) But I promise at some point I'll remember what that idea was and we'll have some good episodes. Fair enough. So I planned on covering, you know, a few news bits because this has been a heck of a week for news and comics. And last night they dropped a giant Christmas present on my life. Like I was just ready to go to bed. And one of the movie guys I follow said, huge news story dropping within the next couple of minutes. Stay tuned. I'm like, all right, it's like 1130. I'm ready to go to sleep. All right, fine. And man, did they drop a bomb on us. This is something I've heard rumors about for months and – As much as I trust uh, some of the rumor sites I follow, you know, they're, they're reputable guys. They have industry sources, rumors that something is being worked on is very different from the deal actually happening. But we do finally have our boy is coming home. Sony and Marvel have reached an agreement to share the Spider-Man character in their movies. You know, what's funny is that I'd been reading about this, well,
0: we all had not that long ago, when there was more rumors and people were saying, it's not going to happen, and here's why. And all of those whys made a lot of sense Mm -hmm. as to why something like this is not, um, it's not that it isn't feasible, it's just that these studios aren't in the habit of doing that. And the fact that Spidey is Just a cash cow for Sony, really. Regardless regardless. of how good it is. Exactly. Well, what I was reading today was saying he's actually their biggest property. He's made more money for them as an IP than any other franchise they have. So why would they want to share him? But that doesn't change the fact that I'm glad. You know what? The big question that I have, and you may have heard this uh, more about this than, than I have. I'm sure they haven't yet talked about who they'll cast on the the Marvel side for him, but because they had to go to such lengths for the casting of of Quicksilver, and it had to be someone different, are they planning or saying that it's going to be the same kind of thing where they'll have to choose someone different? Well, for Spidey?
1: that they are sharing the character, it's going to be the same Spider Man, like the continuity of the future Sony movies is going to match the continuity of the Marvel movies like he is now going to be part of the Marvel movie universe just his solo movies and any possible spinoffs will be distributed by Sony
0: that still doesn't answer the question though because if Sony locks down an actor
1: they've said Andrew Garfield's gone
0: oh that's good I'm not worried
1: about that they they want to (laughs) make a fresh start with a fresh Spider-Man and said the Spider-Man you see in the Sony movies and the Spider-Man you see in the Marvel movies are the same Spider-Man
0: that's awesome that's awesome
1: and they're you know Marvel's not just going okay we're going to share the character Marvel's actually working with Sony Kevin Feige and his production crew are actually going to be heavily involved in the production of future Spider-Man movies for Sony so mm-hmm. it's not just going to be okay we're going to put Spider-Man in you know have in Avengers or whatever and you're still doing whatever you want with him they're they're actually going to work and make sure that it is a proper and <laughs> well-received version of the character
0: which, it's going to be interesting because Spidey solo st- stories are going to be handled by Sony, and we have not been overly impressed with a lot of those. And so that means that the only time we'll see him, unless they really knock it out of the park with future movies, which is possible, but the only time we'll see him in something really
1: Ugh, spectacular, will be on the Marvel side where he's it's just... It's impossible to say anything good with, with involving Spider-Man without it being a terrible pun. But the only time we'll see him
0: in something really good will be when he's just an... I don't want to say an extra, but, you know, he's just
1: a member of a much
0: larger cast.
1: Now, I, I have confidence that with Faggy and his crew overseeing the Sony productions that you're going to get solid movies. Oh, we'll see. I sure would like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you hear, though, that... Um, what's his name Hugh Jackman was saying that after hearing this too he's really hopeful that they'll be able to bring like Wolverine over into the Marvel continuity as well which was funny because it wasn't that long ago he was saying like he's pretty close to done now for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. not the least of which being he's getting older and the character doesn't which is kind of nice that he actually appreciates that as well a lot of actors would milk this for as long as they can but it would be it, it's funny because i wonder if now that he's seen this he would be willing to stay on as long as it takes until he can be in an avengers
1: movie <laughs> well it, it it's all different circumstances because it's well known that sony you know the entire sony umbrella a lot of areas are not doing well financially no. so they, they've known that the Spider-Man chip that they hold in the Sony pictures division is a big bargaining chip that they can cash in at some point. So, and so, you yeah, know, they definitely took that route. Whereas Fox is a little more stable than Sony is right now. Yeah. And there, if you also look, they seem to be moving the X-Men movies in the right direction. Whereas Sony was definitely seeing a decline because yeah. it, it's known that yes, as while Spider-Man was hugely profitable for them, the last couple movies they've been steadily weaker at the box office.
0: Yeah. That said though again if Fox sees the success that this let's let's be oh, hopeful I'm sure a couple that this years brings from now they may change their their tune and say yeah well, let's do some cross coordination with these characters and and cuz it, it's only going to help their movies as well past mm-hmm. and future by allowing them to appear in these others.
1: Yeah, it's it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. Sony gets the the bump of having their character associated with the Avengers. He's no longer a second tier Marvel movie character. And Marvel gets the advantage of having one of the most important characters in their entire universe to Be able to play with so, yeah, both companies are going to profit. It's going to be a big bump all across it. This is something you don't typically see in Hollywood, no, like the even looking back, Sony themselves, when the, they had that big hack a while back, and a lot of their emails got leaked out. The amount of ego so many of these producers just spew everywhere like this. They like said, We've heard the rumors of this for a while, but nobody thought it would actually happen. I wonder if the big push was because
0: of Marvel always wanting it back because of Disney now having a lot more clout and a lot more money to back it, or if it's that they, they push so much because they're doing Civil War and Peter was such an integral part of that storyline that it was one of those, we have to have him in this storyline.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's any number of reasons yeah. for it that we'll never know. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure we'll get a version of the story. <laughs> yeah, whether or not it's the truth remains to be seen. Keeping on the Marvel front, they had another big announcement last week. Again, on The View. I, I are are get The View Marvel... ladies big comic book readers? no. See, I get that Marvel wants to try and leverage their partnerships with ABC and Disney, but I mean, nobody watching The View is suddenly going to become a comic reader because (laughs) you announce something that's... You know, Oh, here's a a female led comic. Let's announce it on the view and try to get some of those viewers in. No, all you do is make comic fans miserable because they have to sit through two hours of the view. (laughs) And the best thing was, I guess the show was running uh, off format and they were running late. The announcement never even happened on the show.
0: Not to be fair. Before anybody emails you angrily, there might very well be a lot of ladies who watch the view who are also reading comics.
1: Absolutely, certainly.
0: But the fact is, saving I'm this sure the announcement lady, for that. Same she's... ladies
1: are also reading comic news websites. Yeah, it really didn't fit as a, a place to announce it. <laughs> so, the big announcement is the Marvel A Force, which is a terrible Almost title name ever. Oh, and my that God. says a
0: lot for Marvel. <laughs>
1: which is an all-female team of Avengers. The uh, the central characters that appear to be for this series are going to be She-Hulk, Medusa, Dazzler, Nico from the Runaways, and a new character, Singularity. And I'm all for this. Marvel has, as you can see from this promotional image they released for it, a fantastic lineup of you know, top-tier hero- heroines. And this <laughs> this image is missing quite a few as well. The big problem I have with this is it's part of Secret Wars, which just means it's another alternate universe, which means once Secret Wars is over, this is probably just going to disappear. I like that they're trying this out. Yeah, let's do a female Avengers as part of this crossover. But making such a big deal out of something that is almost for sure only going to be a temporary change kind of bothers me.
0: I was trying to... Because I kind of heard about it in passing and things like that, especially with the name, which I – you got to wonder if somebody thought – some misogynistic bastard thought, well, it would be a nice little jab because people will be thinking a-holes while they're reading this, or if they just didn't clue in to how horrible a name this is.
1: So I was like – On the bright side, there's no unnecessary adjectives. Oh, I don't care.
0: (laughs) I really – there's no saving that. This is – I'm putting this towards one of the worst – titles that i've seen in a bloody long time anyways that being said i hadn't really looked into it all that much until i read this here and i was trying to kind of figure out how they would make it work because i'm all for strong female lead characters i'm all for you know female teams like this or whatever i whatever I'm, i'm i'm all for it but that said i still because i like Continuity to make sense and whatnot. It's one of those. Well, how are they working this in? How is it? Is it gonna feel like it's just being forced, or is it going (laughs) to be something that actually makes sense? And then when you read it and you realize, ah, okay, it's this. It is this parallel kind of thing. So it makes sense in that regard. The way that I look at it is that if this is successful, then we may see a branch, not necessarily a branch, but a a series that is the female heroes avengers as well as some of the other heroes kind of tagging together for various adventures together but not their own exclusionary team kind of thing it's kind of like the the when the x-men has been have been doing all these things with the female members of the cast it's not like they're their own x-men it's just that It's the female characters having these adventures together. And I think that's fantastic. I also
1: like on X-Men how we've seen them mixing in some of the male students as supporting characters. Yeah. So yeah. The the female characters are central, but it's not, like you said, it's not exclusionary. Yeah,
0: it's not like a boys' club where no girls are allowed except the vice versa kind of thing. It just happens that they're all hanging out and getting into trouble or troubles finding them. So I like that using all of these
1: characters as well i really dig that a lot so it could be a lot of fun if it does well yeah i just want it to have permanence after the crossover is done i agree i agree because they've got a great creative team on it i mean it's co-written by g willow wilson and marguerite bennett two fantastic women writers and art by jorge molina who is a great artist so i hope it does well i hope it continues after the crossover and god i hope they change the name yes yes and yes So Because Marvel over the last couple weeks has been announcing a lot of these little Secret Wars miniseries and obviously knowing that it's limited time, you know, out of continuity stuff, they've announced some pretty cool stuff. They announced the Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu series last week. That sounds awesome where he's drunken, destitute and he uses the Kung Fu to kind of find his way in life. It sounds cool as hell, and people are all pissy, like, "Oh, they're retconning all." Like, no, they're not retconning anything. It's it's an alternate reality. It's part of Secret Wars. Nothing that's happening in Secret Wars is part of continuity. We have no idea what continuity is going to be after it's over. But in and of itself, that sounds freaking cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, this again. It's when you look at, and you only just have to look at the image, and all of these characters that we. Really like a lot, rogued notwithstanding. (laughs) But (laughs) but all of the other ones, and thinking of again those interpersonal relationships between those characters, especially like with again seeing Spider Gwen. We've already seen enough of Spider Gwen that I love her as a character. I really like her as a character. Seeing her do stuff with whether it's Jessica or or even She Hulk or some of the other characters, like. I'm really looking forward to reading those stories.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed. One of the reasons why the the A-Force announcement kind of fell a little flat is just a couple hours before that, DC announced their plans for what their publishing line is going to be like after the big Convergence event happens. And it's very important because they're finally dropping the new 52, which is something we've complained about for a while. Forcing their publishing line to have 52 monthly titles has really stretched them thin. However, the new line has 49 comics in it, but a lot of those are miniseries that are going to run their course over time. But it's really great that we're seeing, just like we talked about a while back, stuff like Gotham Academy and uh, Gotham After Midnight, where... They're doing new things, they have Batgirl as well, and going in new directions. We're seeing an awful lot of that. And one of the reasons I had told you to hold on a minute while we were starting up is Scott Snyder was actually just talking on Twitter. He just got back from the DC's creative summit that they had. And as he says... I've been critical of DC in the past when it seemed tough to make unconventional moves or even conventional ones without oversight. But over the past year, there's been a lot more encouragement to try personal, daring stories and an openness to new creators and ideas. And honestly, the Summit Rally felt that way to me. Cemented the idea that DC is committed to a new direction. Sounds corny, maybe, but I found the weekend hugely inspiring. Really grateful to DC for making it happen. Left with great energy. And that that just makes me really happy to see that they're acknowledging that they've made some missteps editorially in the past and they're really driving to make their creators happy and allow them to do fun, unique things going forward.
0: If they follow through with it, then yeah, this will be fantastic. This will be really, really cool. Cause yeah, some of the things that are, uh, that are announced, they've got my interest already. So as long as they can, maintain that momentum with it too and not just pull off stupidity then
1: yes Mm -hmm. maybe we'll be talking about more dc comics (laughs) yeah i I, i'm i'm happy for that because like like we said the few things they publish that work for us work really well but it's not a good it's not enough proportion yeah so to quickly run through the stuff that's staying uh after i don't want to call it a relaunch but after after the realignment let's call it that and these are almost entirely with their current creative teams carrying forward. We have Action Comics, Aquaman, Batgirl, Batman, Detective Comics, Batman, Superman, Catwoman, Deathstroke, Flash, Gotham Academy, Gotham by Midnight. Really happy that yes. those two are going on. Grayson, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Harley Quinn, Justice League, Justice League United, Lobo, Secret Six, Sinestro. New Suicide Squad, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Teen Titans, and Wonder Woman. So, I mean, basically that's the core of their line that they're carrying forward with a few, you know, spin-off stuff, stuff like, you know, Gotham Academy and like and whatnot. But they're keeping the core intact and shedding just about everything else.
0: Yeah. They're really, with the exception of a few titles like Gotham by Midnight and Gotham Academy, there were really no
1: surprises there. Mm-hmm. As for the new titles taking their place, bat right Might? off the bat is one that's super <laughs> exciting for us. Coming out of the digital comics that we've enjoyed so much and actually being published as a proper comic again, Batman Beyond. I was excited for Batmite a little bit more. I, had, did you see the the concepts for it? Sure. It looks I just awesome. Never, I want to read you it. <laughs> know, it's, it's, it but I'm no, sure it'll no, be no, fun, no, no, but it's it's a concept that's never... I think it'll be Appealed to me too
0: much. No, no, no. Batman Beyond, of course, out of everything there, there's some other ones that really excited me too, like the Justice League 3001.
1: We're we're, we're getting there.
0: I'm just saying, (laughs) yes, Batman Beyond, I've never hidden my love of that, whether it's a TV show or, or series. And what we saw with Batman Beyond, the last couple of big story arcs, is... As good as anything else, in my opinion, that DC has been putting out. And that includes the stuff from Snyder. I just, I'm that
1: blown away by the stuff we've seen. Because we've said DC's digital has been doing great and Batman Beyond has been suspiciously absent from DC digital for a while now. So I think this is them noticing the good that they're doing on that side and basically promoting them to the big leagues, if you will. But the only important thing
0: will be, again, who's writing it. Dan Jurgens,
1: who was writing the the digital version okay
0: then we're we're golden that's Mm -hmm. that's awesome as long as he can stay keep it like hard-edged like we were getting with the stories with again bruce and barbara and all that stuff
1: i don't think that'll be a
0: problem i want so much more of that
1: Mm. Uh, like you said we're getting a six issue mini series for batmite as well Mm. as one for bizarro they said those are definitely going to be comedy themed which is cool we need some comedy yes Black Canary uh, is going to be getting her own comic written by Brendan Fletcher, who's doing Batgirl, who has been co-starring Black Canary. Art by Annie Wu, who did uh, the West Coast issues of Hawkeye for Matt Fraction. It's cool. I love the cover they showed off. If that aesthetic is going to carry forward into the series, that's going to be one to watch. We're getting a relaunch of Constantine with titled Constantine the Hellblazer, co-written by Ming Doyle and James Tinian. So they're getting some great creators on there. And again, we'll see what they do with it.
0: I hope it's a good jumping on point Mm -hmm. so that people who haven't, like me, been reading it steadily will be able to just kind of jump on and enjoy it right from the get go. Mm -hmm.
1: Cyborg is finally getting his own ongoing series, uh, well-deserved from a character who's risen through the ranks over the years do you really like reading cyborg stories though not particularly but yeah. there are people that do yeah, and true. it's important for that character to to have a no i agree itself. i agree i agree it's just that i well you know what i say that but the stuff that we saw with
0: him like in some of the teen titan stuff and whatnot yeah was I, he's, he's a character well that has done. great potential so if they yeah if i guess it's all who writes it it's just that in a lot of the justice league stuff that we've seen with him he just hangs out on the space station. Yeah, he's just kind of there. He's the smart guy. who's He's their oracle, just not mm-hmm. as, quite as interesting. So if they could really dig into his backstory, because the backstory with his father and everything is justifiably pretty damn cool. So, yeah, if they can give us a, some really good stories, yeah, it might be worth checking out.
1: Mm-hmm. We're getting Dark Universe, which is kind of a consolidation and relaunch uh, with the Justice League Dark and that whole side of things. Really excited for this because it's written by James Tinian mm-hmm. and we love his work and yep. written and drawn by Ming Doyle. And she is a- she is a really good artist, too. Yep. Uh, we're getting another Green Lantern series, Lost Army. I haven't been keeping up with Green Lantern stuff, so I have no idea what that could possibly involve.
0: Yeah.
1: Doomed. I don't care because it's written by Scott Lobdell. <laughs> hate to say it, but right off the bat, I'm not interested in that one. Uh, Earth 2 Society, uh, another Earth 2 uh, book. Definitely looks like we're going to be getting a proper Justice Society over in that universe. Dr. Fate is getting his own series. Mr. Fate. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a, another six-issue miniseries of Harley Quinn and Power Girl. With This is the new Power Girl that they showed off a while back, but... Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor. I've liked a lot of their work in the past, but I have to say their Harley series has not worked for me at all. So I don't I, I don't have high hopes for that one. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Justice League of America, written and drawn by Brian Hitch. So I can promise it'll have great art. <laughs> not so sold on Hitch as a writer. Uh, it's interesting, though, that they show off the cover image for this. And it's the seven core members that they launched with a couple years ago with the Jeff Johns series, which makes me wonder what the hell they're doing in the Justice League series. Don't look no, at me. I'm
0: so far behind on that. It's unbelievable.
1: Oh, I haven't read it in yeah. a long time either. Uh, we have Justice League 3001. I'm assuming it's going to be picking up where 3,000 left off. Same writers, so that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, Martian Manhunter is getting his own series. Okay, never particularly cared for the character, but again, he has potential. We'll see what they can do with it. Midnighter is getting his own series. The character... I don't know about solo. Like I've read a lot of his stuff uh, with Stormwatch and Authority, but it's very cool that this is an openly gay character that is headlining his own series. So for that reason alone, I hope it does well. Yeah, well as long as it's well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mystic U, no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what they're doing with that one. Omega Men is a resurrection of an old uh, '80s comic, basically. It's kind of analogous to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a team of intergalactic superheroes, but okay, we'll see. Prez, talk about digging deep. Prez was a four-issue miniseries from 1973 about a teenager that becomes president. That's it. God. Okay. They're trying new stuff. Okay. Red Hood and Arsenal, again by Scott Lobdell, so no thank you. Robin, son of Batman. Yeah, they really have to do something special with Damien to make me care. I'm yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. I never agree. never liked the character. Garth Ennis is stepping in with a six-issue miniseries, Section 8, which is actually a spin-off of the old Hitman series he did back in the 90s. We'll probably have to cover that at some point because I actually really did enjoy some of those old Hitman issues. Uh Palmiotti and Connor are also giving us a Starfire solo series. I like the cover that they showed she's off for that, because it's vastly different from the Starfire we've been seeing in DC. I noticed that as well. <laughs> it's like, my God, they put at least a little bit more clothes on her. <laughs> well, you see, you can still be revealing, but without it being exploitative, and that's what we see there. Like, yeah. that's—I I have no issues with that costume. Yeah. And, and she's showing emotion. She's smiling. She's not emotionless sex doll that Scott Lobdell created. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have We Are Robin. I have no idea what the concept of that series is, but I love that cover. So <laughs> it, it, that's one of those things where one image can get me interested enough that I'll at least check out the comic because it, it, it is a very striking piece of art. Yep. But like we said, very different, very out there. A lot of different types of comics. Like, honestly, out of these 24 new series, there's very little you know maybe cyborg maybe you know justice league of america martian manhunter but there's very little that feels like the dc of a couple years ago here
0: i see i you're a lot more i don't want to sound negative because i'm really hopeful that this will be good and whatnot but oh, no, I, a, I am very hopeful because, because i mean again we're seeing batman we're not even going to talk about the two comedy titles because they're just for fun kind of things but then you get in again Black Canary, Constantine, Cyborg, the Dark Universe is just going to be the Justice League Dark kind of stuff. So you got that Justice League of America, and then like the the Robin Hood stuff, which ties back to the the Batman titles essentially. Same with Starfire with the Teen Titans. Like, there's a lot of the same still in there. We're not right. seeing the Gotham by Midnight or the you know things like that that are far more original in their own right. Which isn't to say. The stories in here won't be original. And I'm assuming that's what, you know, Snyder's referring to. Mm-hmm. But when you just look at the titles, you're still dealing with, for the most part, same old canon characters that have been around forever.
1: Right. I'm saying, you know, conceptually, yeah, it's a lot of the same characters we've seen, but the directions they're taking those characters Which is what seem I hope to be as well. new and different. Yeah, that, I agree. So I, I, I'm excited for DC for the first time in a while now. Yeah. I, I actually can't wait for some of these titles to come out because I really want to see what they're going to do with this. Yep, yeah, I agree. And I want them to succeed. We talk a lot of trash about DC, but that's only because we want them to be better. Again, can't disagree. I, I've talked
0: about a lot of DC characters a lot more than you even. And I do love a whole bunch of them. And I it disappoints me when they do stupid crap like the new 52. <laughs> so it's like,
1: my God, like, I want better from them. On the subject of talking crap about DC. Oh, yes. We read Superman issue 38. <laughs> Written by Jeff Johns, art by John Romita Jr., Klaus Johnson, and four separate colorists. <sighs> Okay, where to start? First of all, this was the only reason we read this is because DC made a huge deal out of it because this is the issue where Superman gains a new power because if there's any character that doesn't have enough superpowers, it's Superman. And he's like, I, I knew we were going to have no idea going in. I knew this was just an on chapter of an ongoing story. This is Chapter 7 of a story they've been telling. So we just had to pick it up running with this guy, Ulysses, who apparently destroyed his home planet. He blames Superman. He's super angry. And then Dragon Ball Z happens. That's basically what I got of this entire issue.
0: I told you when we were talking during our podcast the other night they turned Superman into a freaking Pokemon. He <laughs> evolved and he's a Pokemon with a new ability. And like I said as well too, and this is going to resonate a lot more for our listeners who are gamers as well. They, this power is a game ability, like a game character ability. It's In so many ways, like if you are a gamer, you read this and thought, oh, my God, this is the racial ability that your character class has kind of thing that you can use once a day because it's quite literally once a day he (laughs) needs to recharge. It's like if you play an MMO, you select your character and based on that race once a day, they could do something awesome. And it's also in standalone RPG games and whatever kind of thing. But that's what this is that once a day he can use this evolved Pokemon ability. I just was like, let alone the fact that, yeah, this is like everybody has said, if there's one character that does not need one more ability that could destroy the world with, (laughs) this (laughs) is the guy. They could have made a lot of other characters far more interesting by giving them one ability or whatever. And, uh, and then you read it and it's like, oh, my God, he turned into a Pokemon and evolved. And then when Batman's explaining with, it. With like, no oh, explanation. God. It just
1: happened. Well, he I was mean, they concentrating hard.
0: What happened? <laughs> he was concentrating hard. I mean, he never concentrated that hard when he was fighting Darkseid or anybody else, apparently. I guess. So this, though, this was important. This strained his abilities more than anything
1: else that's happened in the last 50 years Mm -hmm. and (sighs) what the hell happened to John Romita this dude was one of the best artists in the business with the stuff he did on Spider-Man Daredevil Planet Hulk and he just kind of floundered around for a few years now artists change and evolve their styles I understand and I get that but man, like he's gone in this weird, sketchy direction. Like when he did the first arc of Captain America with Rick Remender a couple of years ago, like it was definitely a return to form for him, in my opinion. I was like, okay, you know, he's set that weirdness that he's been doing aside and drew a really gorgeous comic. And then I look at this and I was like, man, this did not work for me on any level. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it. You know, what's funny is that
0: I flipped the first page and it brought me back to when I was reading comic books in like the eighties kind of thing. And in a good way, like it was that nostalgia, but not the nostalgia where the style is way wrong and has been evolved for a reason kind of thing. I, I dug it. I liked how, he uses the lines for the shading, which is an old kind of way of doing it. I overall like the style. It was a little too, I don't want to say cartoony kind of thing, but some of the faces, like especially the last one.
1: And there's the other big reveal. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Obviously because... reveal. It's
0: like, why, why do you need two such huge things in one issue? But anyways, but that, that final face he's making, that was like, wow, that's, you're making them into a very effeminate cartoony phase kind of thing but overall i i actually dug it 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 was Mm. again it brought me back to when i was reading comics in the the 80s kind of thing
1: Uh, it just it doesn't work for me coloring that's how it happens
0: so the i i found that with the again the coloring was so good that it, it really pulled out the line work very well so yeah i i got to tell you, I actually liked it. I would like to see more of this style.
1: Yeah, okay. It's all subjective, obviously. Uh, Apparently so. The other comic I wanted to touch on this week was the beginning of Marvel's next big deal, the Black Vortex Alpha, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Ed McGinnis and Chris Anka, four inkers and two colorists because it's painfully obvious they're rushing this thing out to try and get it done before Secret Wars, but... Overall, this is tying together the stuff we've been seeing in Star-Lord, the stuff with his dad and the mirror and Kitty, where Illyana shows up with the young X-Men to bring Beast to outer space, as well as the Guardians getting a call from Star-Lord. Loved the scene of the Guardians of the Galaxy playing Dungeons and Dragons. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I wanted to put cut out the picture of him as the DM and send it to you and say,
0: that's how you DM Dungeons and Dragons.
1: (laughs) Okay, You got some learning. (laughs) I can put fire-breathing Kree into our campaign. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, this was just very much just the first chapter of a story where we find out what the Vortex can do by superpowering anybody that gives themselves over to it. In the most comic book of things... The already hilariously named Slaughter Squad has been upgraded to the Slaughter Lords. Like this, read like something out of an '80s comic. Like I laughed reading these bits. It was horrible. The scene where I I didn't say I laughed in a good way. Oh my god!
0: When the teams are meeting up and everybody's talking to each other and there's hugs and there's arguing and there's the this and that and you're going like, oh my god! It was overall it was really I. But I'm I'm not digging that storyline anyway. Yeah. Like I'm the the, the whole the bit with a, mirror, a, mirror, like, a magic space mirror, mirror, magic mirror, exactly. The best you can come up with like that is so freaking Silver Surfer kind of thing. I thought we were beyond that.
1: <laughs> so yeah, no, I really didn't dig this. Yeah, and the sad thing is, it's going to be running through. I don't want to say sad uh, yeah. thing, but the disappointing thing is, it's going to be running through a lot of comics that we really enjoy reading. And, and oh, this we're used is to the, that. this Please. is the, this is AVX all over again. Yeah, this is the double-edged sword with these multi-book crossovers. If people like it, it's going to get them to read stuff they might not otherwise read. But if people don't like it, it means they're not going to be reading stuff that they otherwise would have read. Because it's going to be running through Guardians of the Galaxy, Legendary Star-Lord, all-new X-Men, the new Guardians team-up comic that they're starting, Nova, Cyclops, and Captain Marvel. Between the two of us, we read all of those, and this could be a big roadblock towards enjoyment. I, there are so many
0: comics that I read simply so that I am reasonably caught up with continuity. Not because I'm enjoying the stories, but just so that I don't sound like quite as much of a jackass when we're talking about it. I actually know some of what's going on. And this is, this falls right into that. This is like, I have. So little interest in this is unbelievable, which is too bad because if it was a reasonably good story with all of these characters in it, it's not that I don't like the characters. It's not that I don't want to see them together in this space adventure. I'd love to, but for a freaking magical mirror, no,
1: no, it's that ain't doing anything for me. When they first announced we're doing a crossover with the all-new X-Men, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and throwing in Nova and Captain Marvel, I was like, okay, I'm in. I want to read that. But now that we see what the crossover entails, I'm like, uh, really, guys? And like I said, it's obvious that they're kind of rushing this thing out there, you know, given all the various artists. And the arts did not mesh well. Like, it was painfully obvious. Like, even when I could look at two pages and go, okay, these were both drawn by Ed McGinnis but obviously inked by two different people, which makes a huge difference. It it was very jarring. Mm -hmm. But here's how all new X-Men is going to release over the next couple months. This week, uh, all new X-Men 36 is coming out, continuing the ultimate storyline that they've got going on. Then issues 38 and 39, which are the Black Vortex tie-ins. And then they're going to wrap back around and release issue 37 to finish the ultimate universe storyline. Oh, come on. Almost needed to quack there. I, I i don't think we need to say anything more on that subject this is everything we oh, hate about big mainstream God. comics publishing smashed into one comic let's talk about some good stuff though huh shall we all right uh, I read the latest saga I get got I whenever they take this hiatus you know between story arcs and it comes back I, I just immediately enamored by the story can, and the emotional roller coaster that they can take you on with the story is like every time we're getting the narration and it's telling you this isn't going to have a happy ending like i it works on so many levels. i love yeah. this comic yeah uh, hawkeye issue 21 the next to last issue fraction ain't screwing around in this comic man this was great
0: you didn't read it. I honestly, I've been banking the Hawkeyes okay. just because I've been reading everything else right now. I've got them banked. <laughs> I had, like
1: they've been coming out very often. No, this but is I'm, the first issue in like three months. I want to
0: wait until it's all done. I'm <laughs> I waiting right, well, until you got it's all one done. more issue. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm gonna have one of my marathon weekends where I just rip through everything in one shot, including all the ones that I've read before. Because yeah. I, it was kind of spotty. I've missed some in between as well, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, that's when I finally stopped and I said, "Script." I'll wait until it's done, and then I'm gonna read them all in one shot
1: it makes me feel so bad for Jeff Lemire because that dude is a great writer. I've loved almost everything I've read of his, but he has to follow this up. Like, It's a huge mistake on Marvel's part to relaunch Hawkeye immediately after Fraction and Aja are done because nobody can follow that. Hmm. That, That's like having the Rolling Stones opening for you. Come on. Uh, Borderlands, have you uh, caught it? I didn't know the next one came out. Oh, my God. Remember how we were talking a while back that we got this... Crushing emotional story yes. out of the stupid comedy robot, they did it again. Well, Claptrap with, is an awesome character, let's be honest. Oh, yes, but this time it's with uh, oh. Patricia Tannis. Oh, that's right. That's what they were doing. Oh, oh my God. I love her. I, how did they, how? Like, <laughs> Borderlands is supposed to be fun and lighthearted. I'm not supposed to be crying at the end <laughs> of the comic. Okay, I got to read that this week. And then just to pull a Roger and end on a sour note, and this hey, pains me to say hey. it. What the crap. I read the Galaxy Quest comic. Oh. <laughs> you deserved <And> it then. <laughs> it's, it's just something that does not work as okay. a comic book. Let me ask you this now.
0: When is the last time you watched the movie?
1: A year ago maybe? No. I love the movie okay because to me what makes the movie work in addition to being you know the fun you know star trek spoof is the chemistry between the cast with tim allen sigourney reaver alan rickman the way they embody those characters and the way it comes across on the screen makes it that much funnier than it's written without that the the comic just fell flat for me and i didn't like it i was not even gonna bother to read it so yeah because you hate everything, I can't. I don't you want know to be friends somebody that I, didn't like Galaxy Quest.
0: I watched it as an adult with the kids, and I'll have to watch it again and see if my opinion has changed. Maybe it has. But when I watched it with the kids, it was one of those, and and I don't want to say I didn't like it. It was just one of those. Yeah, that was alright. You know, it was it was good. But when we like. <laughs> One day you'll have kids and you'll know what I mean. <laughs> like When they make <laughs> jokes about your kids want to watch the same movies all the time, there are shows that we've watched a great many times that we quote the lines, all of the lines, because we've seen the damn shows so many times. And even the kids really weren't all that interested. We owned it. I'd bought it for them on, on VHS. and uh, And so, yeah, they really didn't want to watch it over and over again.
1: Well, I think a lot of the enjoyment of Galaxy Quest comes from... It being that Star Trek spoof, so if you're someone like me who is really into Star Trek, a and lot I, of the, a lot of it works.
0: I was with the new Next Generation, so mm-hmm. this should have been
1: something that for me was like right on point. Well, it, it kind of riffs more on the original series than yeah, Next Generation. That you, all right. Anyway, what have you got for us this week? Okay, I'm gonna
0: actually well. <laughs> to pull off a Raj, apparently we'll start with the
1: bad and then we'll move towards the good Um because you go alphabetically and every week for the last two months you've ended on friggin' wolverine i'm starting on wolverine <laughs> <laughs> so yeah still
0: wolverine still bad it's just
1: how much longer are you going to read this i
0: have to i have to see it through I just, I have to, I've invested too much of my soul at this point and I have to see it get better and it's not, it's not. Okay. I will say this though. Freaking art on the last issue done by, uh, Jonathan Marks. Oh my God. That was awesome. Freaking art was amazing. Colorist was Lee Lawridge. Lawridge, yeah. Lawridge, yeah. Lawridge, okay, yeah. Oh,
1: man, art yeah, he's doing some great coloring work.
0: Both of these, the the art is the only reason to look at this. You don't even have to bother reading it, because yeah, it's.
1: You can make a better story just looking at the pictures and coming up with your own. Oh, they're
0: they're at the point now where they're heading over to, what's his name, Sinister's dude's place there, and dealing with a whole bunch of different whether it's illusions or true or whatever tests, which yeah, how often have we seen that kind of stupidity? Oh, you must impress me with these tests and entertain me and all that. And it's like, oh, come on. Seriously. Oh, I did not like this, but really is that a surprise. I don't even need to say it anymore. I just need to rant a little bit. People don't know where I stand. Equally unenjoyable for me, which is a huge Freaking surprise! Because I'm a Spider-Man fan and I'm an X-Men fan, and I've liked them together in the past. Did you read
1: number two? I did. Did you like it? Not particularly. Like I liked the first issue, and in as far as I, I had thought, it had potential and hope. But man, this did it take you like four times as long to read this comic than normal?
0: Yeah, there's a whole lot There is a, lot going, there's a lot going on and it's a lot of little asides here and there and a lot of things that I keep going back to, you know, the analogy of if it was a movie, it'd be on the cutting room floor. There's a lot of this that should have been edited out to make it more uh, a tighter story with a more cohesive storyline, story arc, movement, everything that no, this was all over the place and oh, we're tied now, but oh, we're out again. And it's like the the whole thing with the Shark Girl, too, was like.
1: They think we care a lot more about Shark Girl than we actually really, do. Don't really. And uh, I'm more interested in Martha than Shark Girl.
0: Yeah. I really did not enjoy it. Did you read the second Star Wars?
1: Actually, no, I didn't. Okay. Once again, and,
0: and you know, it's funny because, as I've said before, I, I'm assuming I mentioned it on this podcast as well again we're we are closing in on the end of the clone wars so and this is we had never watched them so this is all new and exciting stuff for us and and like i mean my son's a fairly big star wars fan because he grew up watching those movies even the bad ones and uh, whereas for me it was again it was just i enjoyed the series but it's never been something that i'm ballistic over kind of thing but these episodes are so freaking good that they make me interested. Like we're going to be watching, chain watching all the eight movies now, even the bad ones, just so that we can see how they tied in different things with continuity and whatnot. And that's also why I'm enjoying the comics for that kind of reason, just to see mm-hmm. how it ties in if it ties in any of those little things. And so, again, I read this, this second issue and, I mean, you've got this huge Climax moment between Vader and Luke, and and it should be so much more than what it is, and it really isn't. It really isn't. Mm. Although the C three PO moments, those were actually kind of cute. I like those. <laughs> they were there. They they there was some humor in there, but it's yeah. I maybe it's starting off slow, and it'll really build into something epic. The possibilities there, but for. The, you really again you you want to grab your audience right from the get go so that they want to keep reading and, and this is really not doing that at least for me I'm curious yeah. how it's doing over overall though
1: uh, I'll wrap back around once a few issues are out and you know see and see if it's worth it yeah okay
0: now there's some other ones too but for some interesting stuff that's not from the big two did you read Postal from Image? no okay read it okay it's it's kind of quirky and weird uh written by uh, brian hill and matt hawkins Um, art by betsy gonia gonia whatever um the the art is is interesting nothing you know that'll blow your mind but it is good and it and it really works with the the type story it is but it's it's an original story in a way kind of thing and you The the setting, I mean, we've seen that kind of thing in some stories before kind of thing. And I don't want to give away too much because it actually is better if you go in not knowing too much about it. But especially the lead character is becomes something that is like, oh, okay, now I want to really see a lot more of him and what's going on here and you even flip back a little bit and read back some of the things that have already happened and kind of go oh okay and once you get to the end and you've gotten introduced to a lot more of the the town and the people who live there to the point where there's character bios at the end as well for each of these characters so you know that it's going to be integral to the story going forward kind of thing it's it's i I'll be reading more. I really will. I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite cool. That's cool. I'll check it out. Did you read, again from Image, The Dying and the Dead from Hickman?
1: I, I haven't read it, but it's, it's not because I didn't want to. I just haven't gotten to it. Okay, this thing is massive, too. Like, there is. Which is why I haven't gotten yeah. to it. And
0: you're like, okay, right away, like, this is Hickman. <laughs> like I mean it's just right. It's instantly away. recognizable and, and uh what is this bottomheim by the Ryan the, the artist? And it's like it's like they were made for each other kind of thing. So it's you instantly recognize the two working together. And so this the story kinda of, in typical Hickman fashion, you're like I know that he's really ramping up towards something. And you're getting a lot of – it plays out as exposition. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Very, very heavy-handed exposition, I should say, sorry, um, at the beginning and for quite a few pages. And it was almost enough for me to normally I would have said, okay, you know what? Get on with the story. But it's Hickman. So I'm expecting this kind of stuff.
1: So. with uh – You haven't been keeping up with East of West, have you?
0: Not, no, I've missed out
1: on a bunch of them. In that Hickman fashion, he spent 15, 16 issues building to something. Now that the something is here, it's worth it. Yeah, exactly,
0: (laughs) which is why this works in that regard. And so it kind of works on the supernatural as well, moving forward with the story. And it does have me very curious about um, what he's planning for. This this series going forward And mm-hmm. he's kind of laid out some interesting characters Not too many, mainly just the One, well, a couple, that are like I'm assuming going to be propelling This story forward, and it's Tying in once again, that's the one thing though Tying in the Nazis once again, and the supernatural It's like, I've eh, read quite a few things That have kind of yeah. worked on that, so But still, it, it was actually, it was good It was enjoyable Cool um, I'm not done, I'm not done What was the other one I was going to talk about? Oh, that's right. Actually, the... Oh, no. First, I'm going to talk about this. Did you read, again, New at Image, the uh, They're Not Like Us? I didn't even hear of that one. Okay, so that's... There's a couple of issues. Normally, it's like,
1: oh, I saw that, but I wasn't sure to check. I didn't even know that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They've got a couple um, that have come out so far, and it's written by Eric Stephenson with art by Simon Gain. And it's basically your... um, Heroes type of story where everybody, you know, there's people with powers that are out there kind of ding, thing, except it's more like the villains, heroes, things where it's these people are just kind of doing whatever the hell they want because they can. Mm-hmm. So you're getting some more
1: basically more realistic. of yeah, What then, would happen if yeah. people woke up with superpowers? Yes, yeah, for the most part.
0: So the, the I, I, I found it interesting um, the, the art didn't thrill me, but it wasn't bad, but it didn't really thrill me. I didn't really, in my opinion, fit the story, but yeah, that's again subjective. But, uh, but once you read the second one and you get more into the characters, you've seen them more, you've, you've kind of, your your you the, the groundwork has been laid, not just for the characters, but for the settings and you're, you're seeing how they are doing what they want and why they're doing what they want and things like that. And that it, it kind of, it's working more. It's still not spectacular, but it, it it certainly has potential to be something that'll be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So like, I wouldn't put it anywhere near uh, a wayward story where you're getting that group of supernatural type people working together, nowhere near that for me personally, but it is still, it's still fun to read. Now, the other one is where it's a little bit interesting. Have you heard about, midnight rises no okay so there is a um game for i don't know if it's on all platforms but it's definitely on ios called midnight star and so this is a shooter type game I have not played it yet, but I will be playing it. And I may actually be doing a feature on both of these for our For the Lore podcast at some point as well. So what they did, though, is they put out, at the same time, Midnight Rises, which is a kind of visual novel comic kind of thing that offers you the ability to make choices for certain things and how your characters progress. So the characters and storyline main storyline that are in that the game are in the comic book. And then from there you have some choices in terms of how you want to progress. And it's this super team of military future super team that is going to be going on a expedition on this high end designed, Space ship kind of thing Kind of like Mass Effect Just not as gritty or No offense uh, John Skalsky Not as well written (laughs) (laughs) But it's that kind of thing The thing that I I, I really liked about this Is a It's not uh, It's using some kind of parallax effects That we see in some of the other comics But not too too much And it's actually Really well done in terms of How it presents the comic book so it's typical landscape fashion kind of thing, and it's it, it brings in the the different panels, and it it was a little bit laggy on my iPad three, but I'm sure on the newer ones it's not. And then you have choices that you make in terms of how you're interacting with the the crew as you are. Meeting them. It was a little too much of like a dating sim kind of feel for a couple of the female characters, which is typical fashion kind of thing. But overall, it was interesting. The the thing I didn't like in terms of the writing was that it relied on far too many cliches, regardless of the choice that you took. The characters were stereotypes of geniuses or people that were experts in their field. Like everybody's a freaking expert here in something excelled in their, their classes and, and, and all of that. Yeah. So that was kind of like, yeah, yeah whatever. I, I like teams that are fallible. Those are the ones that are more fun and create better stories moving forward. And yeah, these here have a few little quirks that are some would see as negatives, but it's kind of written in such a way that it's still kind of cuter kind of thing, and it's like, mm, not so much. The art, spectacular. The art was really quite cool. I enjoyed it a lot. And again, the effects were neat, and what was cool too is that it would unlock different things so that you could as a character was introduced, you press a button and it takes you to the character bio. And then you could read more about that character and where they're from. And then it's very fast. Go back to the story and progress from there. So in terms of giving you that comic book, introduction to all of these characters the settings and to a certain degree the plot that you then experience in the game we've talked about how much we love that on the gaming podcast whether it's in a comic book form or a novel well here's a visual novel slash comic book kind of setting and so it works and for that i really applaud it wow and i will say i didn't read it all i didn't buy it all i, I I may at some point, if I'm really impressed with the other ones, or like I said, if I do decide to do the feature with the, uh, on the our gaming podcast, maybe I will pick it up to read it all in and of itself. I didn't think it was strong enough to really read through the entire thing, but maybe it gets better once the characters have been established and the actual story happens. Maybe it really does build up at that point. So I, I, I may check out the rest.
1: Cool. All right. Done. Alright then, to run through this week's notable new releases, Marvel brings us all new Ghost Rider number 11, all new X-Men number 36, Amazing Spider-Man 14, (laughs) the finale of Spider-Verse, Captain Marvel number 12, we get Darth Vader number 1, Guardians of the Galaxy number 24, which is your chapter 2 of Black Vortex, Spider-Woman number 4, Thor number 5, X-Force number 15, and X-Men number 24. From DC, we have Batman Eternal 45, Constantine 22, and Justice League 3000, number 14. Image, we have Southern Bastards, number 7, Tech Jacket, number 8, and Walking Dead, 137. Dark Horse brings us Conan Red Sonja, number 2. From Dynamite, Dresden Files, Downtown, yes. number 1, the next miniseries oh. there. How are you doing on those books? I actually, you know, what I've been doing is I've been listening to the, the audio ones. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. You have. And they're freaking awesome. The dude who does the reading for those is incredible. And you can't help but see Dresden in that voice. He does such mm-hmm. a good job. So I'm on the I want to say the fourth one right now. That's so pretty soon you can uh, start reading the comics. I can read the comics anyways.
1: Well, it, it'll spoil some of the stuff in the books if you read it out of order. Meh. All right then. Well, anyway, also from Valiant, they're launching a new series, Divinity No. 1. Really cool premise. I want to see how that one works out. But that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online, comicbookinformer.com, or on Twitter at CBInformer. And until next week, thanks for listening.